Eagles Entertainment. Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Everything that move, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown! You're listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right out of the week, and we are talking a little bit of O-line this week as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 248. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with Eagles right tackle Lane Johnson about Lane's offseason, the injury to Brandon Brooks, some of his young teammates down there in the trenches, and what he's got going on away from the field as well, including the O-Line Mastermind Summit, an awesome event that Lane helped organize where he brings in a bunch of the top offensive linemen in the NFL all into one room to talk shop. It's the third year of the event. Now it happens a couple weeks from now, and while I won't be down there this year, I know they've got big plans for the weekend when it comes to making each guy better. We'll hit on all of that a little bit here on the show, but we've got a lot to cover. Let's not waste any more time. Let's dive into our chat now in Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. Well, excited to be talking to Eagles offensive tackle Lane Johnson. And Lane, uh, thanks for joining me here, man. I guess we'll start things off first. How are you feeling? It's got to be a little bit of a different offseason, obviously. I'm interested to see like, how are you feeling physically? Uh, where are you at at this point as we get ready for the start of the 2020 season? Uh, feeling good, uh, ramping up workouts, uh, you know, really want to hit training camp, uh, you know, with the feet going strong. So other than that, man, yeah, we've been pretty consistent as far as the workouts. Um, you know, we were doing them team-based as far as what we were doing. Uh, now it's kind of individual stuff and uh, really just playing it by ear as far as training camp. I've heard late July, but um, really who knows. Sure. How different – was this experience for you from uh, this offseason compared to last offseason and, and the ones beyond that between uh, on-field workouts and obviously the team meeting experience had to be a little bit different as well, right? Yeah, I mean, OTAs is a good time for, you know, vets to meet newcomers that are coming in, get adjusted, you know, build those relationships. And, uh, I mean, we just did it uh, digitally the, this year. And uh, our O-line coach, Jeff Statlin, he's not a fan of technology, but uh, he <laughs> – he did well with it, uh, so we did class time, and uh, yeah, so, I mean, we had to adjust, but um, we made the most of it. Let me ask you, with this offseason, too, obviously with Jason Peters not not in that offensive line room with you, uh, did the young guys, like, look to you more as kind of like more of an elder statesman, or did, it, was it, did you kind of feel that this offseason compared to the years before? Yeah, I think with, with Kels and, and Brandon, you know, who've been in there longer than me, uh, really, they just, you know, and even Isaac, you know, the last question, just by experience, just, you know, they, they try to teach the uh, older players through the young players and, and vice versa. So he does a good way with that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as far as, um, you know, meeting these guys, I mean, it's, it's been cool uh, hearing from where, uh, where they came from as far as their, their background and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, but it's been, been pretty weird. So you brought up Brandon, and I, I got to ask you, man, like, uh, obviously I was crushed last week when I saw the news of his injury. I know how, too, how close you guys are. Uh, take us to when you, when you found out, when you heard the news. What, what was your instant reaction? Man, I texted him asking him if he wanted any readers. I had some – they had some delivered to my house, and he said, <laughs> he said, no, man. I said, are you good? He said, no, I told him my Achilles today, and I thought he was – I thought he was joking, but he was serious. Uh, yeah, man, just – 
it's a tough blow, but how, how he handles situations is pretty extraordinary. Even last year, nobody comes off, especially that size, uh, off an Achilles injury uh, at the end of the playoffs and come back and, and be the best player in the league. <laughs> I mean, and uh, just watching that, that, that was pretty – that was pretty cool. So being around him, being around guys like him, Kelsey, um, you know, some tough dudes, man. So they, they bring out the best. And, uh, you know, really, I, I even look to those guys for leadership, too, just because they've been a little bit longer than I have. Sure. Hey, you, I mean, you talked about, like, his resiliency, his ability to fight through adversity. Like, he was – days after the injury, he's doing media interviews. I mean, he's active on social media. I mean, just seeing his mindset and even being down there in the, at the O-line masterminds with you guys last year as he was still kind of finishing up his rehab. Like, uh, his mindset allows him to get through these things so well. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times, man, he puts his head down, he internalizes stuff uh, and just works. Like, uh, you know, even this, this past offseason, he leaned down to – you know, 325 and, you know, had a six pack, was looking, was looking unreal, trains all the time. Um, you know, really just, just watching his mindset from, from the previous injuries, really, not, you know, nothing phases him. He kind of scratches it off. Uh, he's, just, he's just a big, big bear, man. You're not going to hurt him. You may keep him down, but he's, he's always coming back. So um, I think he'll make a full recovery and come back and be even better. I was down there with you guys at the O-line Masterminds last summer, and you, you talked about, like, your guys' chemistry. How long does it take to, to kind of formulate that, that relationship on the, just purely on field uh, with that communication with you guys, both run game and pass game? Yeah. Uh, when you get drafted, they hope to get you immediately feeling like that. So, I mean, really, with everything, we, we do so many reps uh, day in, day out, um, have those conversations, have meeting times where we get to know each other pretty well and how we operate. So. Um, you know, being with here what the past two or three years with Brandon's been the best years of my career. Um, and man, I just yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be weird not taking the field with him. Yeah, no question. You mentioned some of the young guys uh, that have come in, uh, some of the draft picks from this year. I want to ask you about some of the guys that have been here at the la over the last year or two. And we'll start uh, with Matt Pryor. He was on uh, Dave Sp Spinaro's podcast last week, and he talked about working out with you this offseason and some of the things that he's done from a physical standpoint. I I'm interested to get your viewpoint on him. Uh, what has he looked like uh, over the course of the last few months as you've been working out with him? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely taking a lot more seriously. Um, I th think he knows his role. He could be – a starter, and and when he got to to play last year, he did very well in games. So, you know, really, when you look at him, he's six eight. Uh, you know, I always joke with him, call him Tree Beard from Lord of the Rings. You know, the walking trees. <laughs> that's just that's just how big this guy is. That's how much room he takes. Up, how massive he is. And I think once he gets a few games under his belt, he gets some confidence going, and then you know he'll go to the next level. You played next to him last year in that playoff game. What well, what did you see from him? You know, even on no, film, I didn't, I didn't big, big D was playing. I was that's still right. Hurt. That's right. You were coming back. So what, when you watched him, uh, you know, what what did you see from him on film? Like I said, man, he's just a big, he's so big, uh, and when he lands his hands, he's got very strong hands and can do a lot of damage. Um, so really, yeah, I mean, as far as the skill set is there, it's just getting experience and, and staying consistent, just like everything else. So I would ask you about another young offensive lineman on the roster. You know, Brandon, I mentioned he's been doing some interviews uh, even since the injury, and he talked uh, about Andre Dillard and how he's gotten bigger, he's gotten stronger, he's put weight on. I'm excited to kind of get your, your vantage point here on Andre and just how far he's come in the last couple of months. Yeah, I think with Dillard, yeah, as far as physically, yeah, he's, he, he's, he's definitely bulked up. Um, yeah, man, he, he's a wide 
yeah, I mean, he's, he physically he, – he's different this year coming in. Um, I think with Andre, as far as his talent and level uh, and, and ability, his movement skills is pretty incredible. So once he gets, you know, a game or two where he goes up there and puts those things on display, what he can do, it's going to be scary um, how, how good he can be. So I brought up a couple times the uh, the O-line masterminds. You guys are getting ready for the third annual event. Uh, take us through how that came to be. You know, I know that you and Duke uh, Mannyweather kind of you know, put this whole thing together a couple years ago. Uh, take us through that whole event and really what the goal is from the outset. Yeah, I've been around Duke past, you know, I guess since the beginning of my career, trained with him a few times. Uh, yeah, but really I think it was uh, the top 100 thing he saw where I, where I was joking around saying we should form a right tackles union. And he texted me, he's like, man, we, need, we should do like a camp, a get-together. I mean, Duke, I mean, he trains he trains guys I mean, day in, day out, pros, uh, collegiate guys. Um, so that's what he does. And, uh, yeah, man, it was really just the way of getting all these guys in, in the one classroom. Uh, we learn from each other. We watch game tape. Uh, we go out in the field, we joke, and really just uh, have a good time and, I guess, form form relationships, I guess, with these players because usually after games you only get, a, you know, a, a handshake or two and they, they have to part and go to the locker room. So really just a way to kind of get guys in a room and just, uh, share the O-line experience, so to speak. Sure. I was down there with you guys last year. Brandon was down there. Uh, I know a few more of your teammates are uh, scheduled to go down. We're a couple weeks away uh, from the event, but who else is uh, planning to join you down there in Frisco? Um, you know, it depends on where they're at. I, mean, I can understand this, this thing being a little bit different this year due to the circumstances, but, um, you know, obviously guys from my team, um, really just guys that just want to come, you know, message me and uh, we'll, we'll get that scheduled out. Um, we had a, we had a, Pretty good turnout last year. Bunch of pro guys, a uh, few college guys. It was a good time, man. I, I look forward to it. Just, just seeing those guys. Um, there's only there's only a handful of us in the league. I mean, that played this position. So, um, you know, really, we just share our experience. To be honest with you. Yeah, being down there last year and just being in the room with you guys and seeing, you know, some of the best that, that do it in the NFL, uh, just an awesome experience. And the last thing I want to ask you about, I had to ask you what's life like as a content creator now, man. I mean, outside the line, outside the lane is taken off. Uh, you've got great guests every week. You're making headlines every week. Uh, what's it been like on the other side of the microphone for you? Uh, I guess it's been pretty cool. I think I, um, I just try to generally – I don't, I don't I don't take very many notes. I read up on them a little bit, but usually I, I'm fans of them anyway, so I kind of know a little bit about them. But just really ask questions that the average man would like to know. Uh, you know, how was your experience uh, in your career, different stuff. Um, so really just a way to kind of get to know them a little bit better. Let me just tell you, like, as someone who has to do it, like, multiple times a week, like, you are so natural at letting guys just be themselves. And that is, like, the hardest part of the whole deal. So uh, you do a great job with it. It's really awesome. Tell fans where, where they can find it so they make sure they don't, never miss an episode. Yeah, I guess just go on the, my Instagram, uh, Lane Johnson 65 uh, same with Twitter. Uh, but, yes, yeah, it's been fun. And, and we're trying to broaden, the, uh, I guess, the list, you know, from actors to – Baseball players, football players, um, kind of, you know, slowly build that that list up. So I think it'll be pretty interesting. Well, Lane, thanks so much for joining. I know you got a lot going on. Obviously, uh, time the clock's ticking until they start of the 2020 season. Hopefully, so uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Hopefully, see you sooner than later. Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me. 
Now more than ever, we have come to understand the importance of celebrating special moments with those that we love. The Eagles Autism Foundation and Children's Hospital of Philadelphia want to help you commemorate these occasions. Throughout June, you'll have the unique opportunity to recognize someone special by posting a message on the video board at Lincoln Financial Field. Visit PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash Eagles Autism Foundation to learn how to celebrate with a shout out. Great stuff from Lane, who you can follow on Twitter just like I do, at LaneJohnson65. And while you're at it, I'm at EaglesXOs. That's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that we produce at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And you know how much I appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on all forms of social media. That's one way to support the show, but the best way is to go onto Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, give us a rating, or even leave us a comment. Look, we're starting to get a little bit closer now, hopefully, to the start of the 2020 season, hopefully training camp just a few weeks away. If you've got a topic that you want us to hit on here in the show before training camp starts, now's the time. Jump on Apple Podcasts. Even if you want to just let us know how we're doing, if you, want, if you like what you've heard over the last few weeks, jump on, leave us a review, leave us a question. We will answer it here on an upcoming show. And Look, I want to quickly hit on the injury to Brandon Brooks. Obviously, it's a big loss for this Eagles offense, right? He's easily a top three guard in the NFL, and you could argue whether he's number one or not, but really it doesn't matter. He's a great, great, borderline elite player in this league with what he does in both the pass game and in the run game. Now, to me, when it comes to replacing a guy like Brandon, it's obviously going to be tough to get an equal performance, right? But who will try to fill in his shoes? Certainly, uh, there's the possibility that they look to the free agent market or you know someone outside of the organization right now. But in terms of who's already in the building, the Eagles have a bunch of linemen that they've been developing. So let's just take a look at, the, at those guys right now. Obviously, the big one, and I brought him up earlier with Lane, is Matt Pryor. And, and when I talk about Brandon Brooks, one of the big things is his size. Brandon is a big dude, and Pryor... He's even bigger. I love what Lane said about comparing him to Treebeard uh, from Lord of the Rings. I'd never heard of that before. Uh, that is outstanding. But Pryor, I mean, he's 6'6". He's 338 pounds. But it's not just his height and his weight with Matt. His arms are over 35 and a half inches. He's got like 30 or 11 and a half inch hands. 11 and a half inches. Those things are like giant dinner plates. They are enormous. And no offensive lineman that I know of that was drafted in at least the last 12 years and probably a little bit further back than that has had bigger hands than that. Think about that. No offensive lineman drafted since, what is that now? That's 20, we just had 2020. So since 2008 has had bigger hands than Matt Pryor. And that hand size actually shows up on the film because when he gets his hands on people he is really really tough to shed he's got natural power he's really strong on contact he's tough to move off of his spot and to me and it's funny we're actually going to talk about this a little bit next week on the journey of the draft podcast driven by AAA this is a guy with the, all the natural tools a lot of physical gifts who you know still needed to come along a bit in the mental side coming out of college right a couple years ago out of TCU but he had that positional versatility he he's lined up at all four offensive line spots outside of center uh, in practice throughout his career, and that allowed him to stick on the roster early in his career as he developed. And if he couldn't do that, then he likely wouldn't be in this position that he's in now, and it's unlikely, uh, you know, we obviously we don't know uh, where he would have been, but uh, very unlikely that if he was did not have that versatility, that he would have been able to stick early on. So that's why that versatility is so, so important, especially for guys that were not drafted in the first couple of rounds. Their ticket to make it on the roster early on is the ability to be a backup at a number of different spots because they could be a swing tackle, they could be a tackle guard, all while they learn the ropes and are developed and groomed until they can prove 
prove themselves as a starter. And that's kind of where Pryor is at this point in his career, right? He's going to go into his third season in the league. If it's all come together, I have to think he's going to be in the pole position entering camp for that right guard spot. But it's not just going to be handed to him because there are a handful of other guys that'll be fighting for that job as well. Obviously, there's the rookie fourth round pick out of Auburn, Jack Driscoll. Uh, This is a kid also with versatility. He played right tackle just the last two seasons at Auburn, but he played both left tackle and left guard earlier in his career at UMass before that. And there are a lot of people who think, honestly, that he could slide inside down to center as well down later in his career. So again, following that same theme along, a young guy who can compete early on as he develops, be a serviceable backup at the very least, but he's going to have that starting potential early on and he's going to try and compete for that job in the summer. I really like Driscoll a lot on film. He's smart. He's athletic. He's more strong than he is powerful. Real quick, I guess, uh, what do I mean by that? Strength is your ability to hold your ground versus somebody that's trying to move you against your will, while power is your ability to move somebody else as they try to hold their ground, if that makes sense. So I think I've used the water analogy before, and this was something uh, that a strength coach had given me a couple of years ago, and it's always kind of stuck with me, is you know, strength is rock solid, like ice. They're tough to move once it's frozen over, right? You're, you're, it's tough to move a block of ice and move that. Whereas power is like a fast-flowing river with that strong current that's going to blow anything away in its path. You're not going to stop running water, right? So running water equals power, strength equals that rock-solid ice. That's the way someone explained it to to me a couple of years ago, and it's always kind of stuck with me uh, since that in that matter. All right, so... You've got Pryor, you've got Driscoll, obviously Driscoll's old teammate, another draft pick for the Eagles, Prince Tegawanogo. He's been a tackle throughout his career on the left side down there for the Tigers. He's a really athletic kid. There's tools there. At times while watching him, though, I did kind of wonder if he would be better uh, as a guard. So that would be another guy I would keep an eye on. Last year's backup center, Nate Herbig. He's big and he's strong as well. I feel like he's going to get a shot. He's more in that Matt Pryor mold and that he's got that size and physicality that a lot of people look for in the trenches. He's over six foot four. He's over over 330 pounds. Uh, another undrafted kid last year, uh, Sua Opeta. Uh, he's going to compete as well. I watched Sua Opeta when he was down at UTEP. He's got a little bit of a different skill set than Herbig. He's more like a Jack Driscoll. He's six foot four. He's just over 300 pounds. And like I said, I studied Opeta, and the thing that stood out to me about him was that he was never on the ground, and that's a trait that a lot of people value along the offensive line. He's really athletic. He's really tough. Um, you know, and he backed that up, uh, that athleticism, with what he did down, down at the combine uh, back in 2019. He moves really well. I thought he had a really good summer last year as well, and he played his way into the team's plans for the future because he was onto the practice squad, and then eventually the 53 man roster. And to me, the other big name that not enough people are talking about, I guess, in this equation is Jordan Mailata. He's already in place to be a big part of the team with the departure of Halapulavati Vaitai. A lot of people already have him penciled in, I guess, from the media side uh, as the swing tackle for this team, the backup on both the left and right tackle spots for Andre Dillard and Lane Johnson. Uh, But could Jordan slide inside? He's a similar body type to Pryor, so it's not like that that would be something that would keep him from sliding in. To me, it would be more that, look, he spent all of his time learning how to play football, right? And he's been learning the offensive tackle spot. He was a left tackle only as a rookie. He did get more reps on the right side last summer and last fall. So uh, trying to learn both tackle spots. To me, it would be all about just his comfort level with sliding inside because it's a little bit of a different approach, right? The pass rushers are a little bit different on the inside. Things happen a little bit faster as you get a little bit closer to the ball. So We'll see. Look, like I said, losing Brandon Brooks is a big loss, but the Eagles have had the luxury right now, or have the luxury now, 
of time to try and figure this out and see who can step into this role. Uh, you know, whatever training camp looks like here this summer, they're going to have reps on the practice field to kind of get it sorted out along with everything that happens off the field in their meeting rooms. It's certainly going to be one of the biggest things to watch this summer and to keep an eye on throughout training camp. And we will be bringing uh, some a lot of training camp coverage right here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade. That is when it will make that transition to really a heavy Eagles focus. Uh, we'll still be talking X's and O's every single week uh, in some way, shape, or form, but daily practice recaps, hopefully, uh, here from the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade. So great stuff uh, this week from Lane Johnson. Really appreciate him joining us. Uh, really, they're, they're off time, right? The player's off time, and he was able to join me for uh, about 10, 12 minutes or so here on the podcast. Thanks so much to Lane. And for all of you out there listening, whether you're on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, and of course, on PhiladelphiaEagles.com and the Eagles mobile app. Thank you. And again, one more time, just take a few seconds, go rate the show, leave us a comment. Don't be afraid to leave a question on there as well, because I would love the ability to answer it here on the podcast. All that being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. For everybody here at the Duffy House, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you next week.